Hi everyone, welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. This week is the third episode of our Angelic Layer Watch Along, uh, where we watch episodes 14 to 19. So my name is Caitlin, I am a writer and editor for Anime Feminist, and I'll be hosting this lovely podcast today, and I'm joined by two of my best girls, the Mercedes. <laughs> yes. Um, my name is Mercedes. I am also an editor and soon-to-be contributing writer at Anime Feminist. Yay! Yeah, I run um, I run a professional blog called Backlit Pixels, where I review doujinshi and talk about my life as a freelancing blurred. And I'm Dee. I'm one of the managing editors at Anifem. You can find all my writings. Well, you can find most of my writings. I need to catch up on my newer stuff. You can find them at the Jose Next Door, <laughs> and you can hang out with me on Twitter at Jose Next Door, where I will be shouting about children's anime more than likely. <laughs> um, so, this week. This stretch was a lot. Yeah, this, a lot happened. There were some highs. There were some lows. There were some real lows. Yeah. So uh, in the last six episodes, Misaki worried about her weakness, progressed to the nationals, and met her mom and dated a five-year-old? I did not like that at all. What? I I did not like the Hatako, like, Misaki ship. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. <laughs> the amount of the amount of blushing is very concerning because yeah. like if i can here's the thing there's a lot of people out there who will see implied queer relationships and go they're such good friends and i'm doing that today with misaki and hatsuko <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there was there was an entire episode dedicated to them just like blushing at each other and i was like I don't want this. I didn't want this. I said I was going to watch it as Yuri, but not like this. <laughs> I like how we are so annoyed by that episode, that whole thing that <laughs> we were going to talk about other things first, but the moment I mentioned it, like you guys were like, no, no. it was not okay. You, you got to talk about the party episode right off the bat. Okay. Though. All right. Should we to. just get get it out of the way first, then? Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll bounce around a little bit. It's fine. I feel like most of the conversation will be about stuff that happened at the beginning and at the end. So let's just let's just start in the middle with the I party mean, episode. All right. Episode seventeen. Not a good one. I got what? so excited about that one when it first started because I was like, oh, everybody's just like hanging out and playing games, and they like played Jonken but with, uh, sorry, they played rock paper scissors but with uh, their angels, and I thought that was super charming or cute. cute. There was a hamster. Um, yeah, yeah. Ringo bought her hamster to the party, which is just. I realized Ringo is um, Kana Ueda, who I love. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. So yeah, Ringo's great. Ringo's always great. It's nice to have more Ringo time. But what the hell is going on with Hatsuko and Misaki? The only good part of this episode. Well, okay, there were two. There's a part where Sai says, it's good that no one gave Misaki flowers because flowers don't last. And I was like, that's the most metal thing ever. (laughs) And then like Ringo gives Misaki a bunch of merchandise, which is like also incredibly funny. Yeah. Ringo's adorable in that whole episode. It's great. Um, But then like they really sink into like Hatako, just like she's emotional over Misaki not choosing her as her second. She's constantly researching. She gets teary-eyed. She storms out the room. And like, y'all, this is not the fan fiction I researched for. I did not. 
they acted like it was like a marriage proposal or something. They did. Including at the end when they're sitting there blushing, like, I've chosen Hatoko to be my second. And everyone's like, I'm so happy for you. It's the whole second thing already is an anime original thing. Mm So I was like, I was really curious about it, but the route they took to get there, I was like, wow, I would rather, I would rather yeet myself into every male slash female relationship in existence than this, because I did not, you have this 10,000 year old child. I kept having I kept having to remind myself that Hatoko is a is actually a thousand year old spirit. Um, yeah. It's still an I mean it's still an age gap. It's just the other direction. Yeah, um, yeah. She's like a fire emblem dragon character. Like, like, I mean, just impossibly old. Looks like a five year old. Like it was not. I believe yeah. in my notes. I wrote this. This entire episode has the strangest Yuri vibes, which not necessarily here for that. <laughs> well, and it sucks. It sucks especially hard because in that same episode, Sai like no low key no homos herself, she, she even though she does. and Kaede are one thousand percent also partners and one thousand percent in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. It was not. It was not a good no homo because she was like, oh, I don't want kisses from girls. Sai, yes, you do. We all, we all do. Sai, here's here's how I chose to read that line. Sai doesn't want kisses from any girl. Just yeah. any girl. She wants kisses from one specific girl. Head cannon. Who's <laughs> at the table and isn't Misaki. So yeah. that's yeah. how I chose to read that scene. But that, mm-hmm. that kind of bummed me out. And then the weird vibes between. It's like I said a couple weeks ago where like rival characters either need to be complete rat bags who you are rooting against because it's fun to root against them. Or it's a good ship. Mm-hmm. Which is what, and then, so Angelica Lair appears to have gone for option two, but appears to have forgotten that Hatoko is five. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. It's so bad. So, and, and I mean, thank God it's all just like heavily implied. Like it's not, it's just a yeah. lot of blushing. Like if you, again, if you put on your, if you put on your, your, bl- your blinders, you can pretend that uh, they're just, they're just besties. Right. Um, though it's still kind of weird for a middle schooler to be best friends with a five-year-old. Yeah. I mean, although on the other hand, I was like, you know what? This is a clamp series. So like, even but- though this is anime original, that's the it thing. It did not shock me. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's, it is anime original. And usually anime like cuts out that shit. But so we can't even blame Clamp's usual horse shit on this. <laughs> so true. That's so true. Someone it, other than Clamp looked at this and said, you yeah. know what would be great if the five-year-old and 12-year-old dated? It's just, it's not y'all they even go to an amusement park the next episode yeah it's just not classic date spot in japan i like i'm so angry at masahiko minami who directed this i'm so angry that he and because because like he also directed full metal alchemist and that didn't have any of this bs why did you put this in angelic lair why yeah so that was i would say that was that was probably the lowest point in this stretch of episode yeah, yeah. i mean because um, there's really no there's some nuance in some of the other low points um in this one i feel like there's not really 
and it, there's not really nuance there. It's like, hey, why did you why, why did you decide this should be a ship? Yeah. Hey, why it, though? It felt like the most fan servicey of all the episodes we've seen thus far. Which mm-hmm. credit to the show, given how much it added, is actually a really refreshing thing mm-hmm. that a two thousand show did not just dump on yeah, as much fan service as we all know two thousands anime had. But, like, when they dumped it, it was just, like, Niagara falls into my face. And I did not. <laughs> it's just, like, I don't want it. But yeah, it, it, it yeah. thankfully does come in the middle. So, like, you, it's like a valley. Mm-hmm. You're just crossing to the other side. Yeah. And so this is kind of going to, we are starting kind of a weird stretch of Angelic Lair. Um, because it is uh, almost entirely anime original from this point. There's a couple of battles that were in the manga, but other than that, we're at the nationals and there we've got seven episodes left. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole bunch of original stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it filler, some of it, why are we here? Some of it, a 12 year old and a five year old blushing at each other. (laughs) Um, There's a a lot of stuff with relationships. There's a lot of stuff with Misaki's mom. Um, so we are kind of coming up on um, a part where they really had to create new material, and it's really variable. That's that's yeah. interesting because yeah, we got to this point, and I was like, wait a minute, I remember what happens. Like, there is not enough content for seven more. No, episodes. there's like more content for there's... two more episodes in the manga. Yeah, like. And I, I don't, I really don't know how they're going to wrap things up, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, we only have, from the manga, there's only really one more major, one or two more major events, and then that's it. Like, then there's the conclusion, but I mean, it's, it is interesting continuing to see, like, the differences. It's really interesting. 11-year-old me would have been so about this anime. <laughs> yeah, sure. I was um not much older than how much how old was I when I first watched it? I was in my teen like my mid teens. By the well, way it came out it came out in two thousand one. Yeah. In Japan. So it probably didn't get yeah. to the States until the I, until like oh four. I watched or it in, in fan subs back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so it got to the States in oh three, so I would have been <laughs> I would have been nine. Oh dang! Yeah, I wouldn't have been much older than the characters. So, yeah. in fact, I think I might have been the same age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, this is a tangent. When I was back, uh, when I was a teen, I wanted to uh, cosplay one of the characters and have my best friend cosplay another character. My best friend is five foot ten and had uh-huh. short blonde hair. Can you all guess which characters? Sai? Sai, and who would I be? Kaede. Yeah. Nice. Or, as, or as they call her in the English dub, Katie. <sighs> I I did, I watched an episode of this dub because it was like late at night and I was just like, I'm just tired and I, I need to get through one more episode so I'll just watch a dub, whatever. Uh, I can take notes easier that way. And they said Katie and I was like, who the hell is Katie? <laughs> it took me a second. Yeah, Katie. Good old Katie. Yeah. Good old Katie. Katie and Blanche. Yeah. Uh, yep. Katie yep. and, and Blanche here. Oh my god. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Blanc, episode 14, which kicks off this arc. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Really enjoyed it. 
really that was like one of the peaks of like misaki figuring out her weakness and blanche and hyper mode and like we got a little bit of like shuko information it was actually a really good episode Mm -hmm. that i really enjoyed i took a ton of notes 14 is probably the most notes i've taken about any episode thus far because that flashback was a lot that flashback was a lot you guys yeah (laughs) oh boy wow wasn't it do we want to do we want to drop into dr- jump straight into the Misaki's mom conversation? Yeah, let's do, do yeah. it. Okay. Let's do that then because there's there's a lot. There's this that's going to be most of this yeah, episode that's, that's is probably the most interesting part of what's going on just from a discussion yeah. standpoint. For yeah. sure. So Misaki's mom. And we did promise. We did promise we'd talk about uh Mercedes's experiences mm-hmm. uh with uh disability Japan last week so we had that teaser for folks and we you know we can't yeah. let them down which I'm happy to say I did a lot of thinking about that as we were as we were going through this arc it really I mm-hmm. reflected on it a lot because um a spoiler I have some feelings about like how Misaki's mother's illness is handled and like how Japan in general treats people with disabilities right. so um yeah so to sum it up uh and I'll just do a quick sum up Misaki's mom basically left to because she had a degenerative illness. We see her at different stages. We see her at crutches. We see her in her wheelchair. Um, And she did not feel like she could be a good mother to Misaki. She wanted to go help assist with medical research um, because there was no known treatment. And um, that is... she. The work on the brain-controlled prosthetics is basically how Angelic Lair started, came about. Yeah. Um, and also because they needed funding, yeah. because the yeah. medical community is a bunch of bullshit assholes. Yeah. Uh, like, why don't you have results? Well, we, they refused to fund their research, so they had to make toys to fund their research. And if that ain't, yeah, that part was really real about the medical industrial complex. I don't know what is. It was it shattered my heart when they were like, "We can use the profits to actually benefit the people who might need tools to have equity in their daily lives." Yeah. I was just like, "Oh God." Yeah. <laughs> like. I mean, because because the the shame of it is, and I think this can be said globally, the improvements for disabled individuals are not that different from the 2000s, unfortunately. No, well, in a lot it's of not ways. profitable, right? Right. There's no money in it. Yeah, like Misaki's uh, Sh- Shuko. We can just call her Shuko instead of Misaki's mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shuko's <laughs> illness is probably like probably not super common if they yeah. don't have any kind of treatment. Um, and the thing is that, like, there's just no profit in treating, like, uncommon illnesses like that. Right. Well, and and I guess, too, the profit lies in, like, you have to keep taking medicine. Mm -hmm. You have to keep paying for these expensive things. Rather than helping you find ways to cope long term, you have to keep feeding the machine. And it just made me very, I was like, wow. Mm It has not changed the way that we care for people who are differently bodied than the rest, than, 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 you know, one of us. Right. It, it, it's not all that different from a 2001 anime. Um, and I would say in Japan, it is not that different definitely from the 2001 anime. There's improvements because it's been 
19 years, but in a lot of ways, <laughs> it's still pretty static. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying, we, we talked about this off mic a little bit. We didn't really talk about it on mic. Um, you have uh, kind of a background in this because you worked at some uh, schools in Japan uh, yeah. for disabled kids, right? Yes. So I worked at, um, during my time, I worked at four different Mm -hmm. schools. So one of them was a school inside of a hospital for chronically ill and terminally ill students. Um, Another was a kind of general school for students with disabilities. It could, there was a range of physical or mental or emotional disabilities. Um, And then I worked at a school for visually impaired students and then at a school for hearing support. And I mean, like, I, I will say, I worked with people that genuinely cared about these kids they love them. Now, I'm not going to say that's everyone. Let's be realistic. There are people who work with children who are disabled who do not care about them. Mm-hmm. And that is any country. But by and large, they cared. Um, one thing that struck me was that a lot of the teachers did not have a background in disability education. Mm-hmm. They might have worked at like a high-ranked public school and then been transferred to the school for visually impaired students. But I will say credit to like the visually impaired school and the school for hearing support. They also had staff with those disabilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the students weren't just being taught by teachers who did not have disabilities, whether visible or invisible or private. They were being taught by teachers that looked like them, who had, you know, who were in their 40s, who had been moving through the world using Japanese sign language who had been moving through the world using Braille. Um, and, and the students were very much so encouraged to, you know, live the life that you want. Um, I had one of my students, she wanted to go to an international school. That was her goal. And that's what she did. And, and there was never any discouragement inside of the school of, you know, oh, you're disabled. You can't do anything. It was, you have a disability. Let's find the tools to help you. And also, you still have to get your homework done. It, it was, they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they were treated like children should be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they were, I, I guess, rather than accommodating to make them feel better, the teachers brought themselves to the level that the students needed, which I thought was really lovely to see. Um, they, they made themselves accessible, which, mm-hmm. I mean, is what all teachers should do. But on the other hand realistically, um, Japanese society is not kind to people with disabilities. Um, there are definitely people that think you are lazy, that you are strange, you're weird. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there's people that think you're disgusting. And admittedly, that's not much different than in America at times. But I mean, I, I was very thankful that by and large, my experience was really illuminating and really positive. But that being said, like, Shuko's whole story really kind of hit home how badly women with disabilities get treated. It just, it, y'all, it just, it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it broke my heart watching her because, I mean, this tension that she has in her heart about wanting to see her daughter, but feeling like a failure because of her body, because of something that she was born with that isn't bad. Being disabled is never bad. Yeah. It is, but but that she's made to feel shame enough that she leaves her daughter for seven years yeah. and doesn't tell her daughter what's going on. 
Hard yeah. And it was never. like, yeah, it's one of those things where like when she first fell ill, I sort of understood like Misaki was like five or something. And I can kind of understand her being like, well, she's, she's little, I don't want to worry her. I'll right. get it figured out. And then we can go from there. So I kind of get like, not necessarily telling her exactly what's going on. Like, you know, maybe right. the first six months, maybe. Um, but then her, her decision to just not see her daughter yeah, again yeah. is truthfully, I got to the point where like, at first I was kind of sympathetic and then I just got pissed off at her. Yeah, <laughs> that I, was I, where I was. I, I and I'll, um, I'll admit I did get really angry because like there's the during the flashback like she's going off and Misaki starts weeping. This little child starts weeping, and I think, I think oftentimes we underestimate how much children can handle. Children mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. disability. Oh yeah, they react. Yeah. They react oh, no, absolutely right. They react negatively because in society we view disabilities as a bad thing instead of a condition that yeah yeah, it's just a thing I don't even want to call it a condition because I I think that even has a negative word because it means that it should be cured um and I can't I mean I can't speak for disabled individuals by and large but I don't think I think the consensus I often see is that there's not a desire to be cured there's a desire to be seen as a whole Mm -hmm. person yeah. Yeah. And I mean it it it's complicated and it depends on the person. Um right. I'm speaking as speaking as somebody with chronic pain, I would very much like to be cured of that. Um right. but that's but that's different, but you know, there's there's a lot of different disabilities yeah, right. and different people have different yeah. relationships to it and what have you. And so like in Misaki's mom's case, I think like this being an an illness and her, you know, wanting to um, find ways to improve her life and the lives of mm-hmm. others. And like these, these accessibility techniques with the neural signals being sent to like prosthetics and things like that. I think that's really, really mm-hmm. cool yeah. that that's the direction the show goes. Yeah. It's not necessarily about like finding a magic potion. It's about like, how do we increase accessibility for folks who yeah. need it? Right. And I, I have to say, I really like that. I really like that the show went with, let's find the tools that you need to make mm-hmm. the world what you need it to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I think what frustrated me so much was it, it felt like Misaki's mom's Shuko. Sorry, her sister's name is Shoko, and so like I'm always worried I'm going to say <laughs> the wrong name. Yeah. Shuko. So much of it, it felt like was uh, was is internalized ableism. Yeah. Whereas it doesn't seem like most of the people around her, except for the the assholes in the medical industrial complex, um, were were shaming her for that. And like you said, Mercedes, some of that may be like assumed and implied by the audience knowing like how disabled folks are treated in Japan and like knowing where Shuko's uh, mentality is coming from. Right. Cause there's that scene where her sister is like, your daughter needs you. There are plenty of people who use wheelchairs and have children and they're fine. You can go talk to your daughter. Um, and Shuko just, and, and, you know, it kind of, it kind of, uh, Shuko's not really listening to her because Shuko has decided that this is a problem right. for her. Cause her, her sister is very much so like, there is nothing wrong with you. You are a person and I love mm-hmm. you and your daughter loves you and your daughter right. needs you because on the other and hand, there's, there's Misaki no dad around very abandoned. like, right. Yeah. I did. Misaki has anime dad syndrome where we don't know <laughs> who the father is, but <laughs> who knows i'm still rolling with the father secretly Chan. But... <laughs> i mean i think she doesn't meet i mean i mean like i mean like this episode destroyed it but fan fiction is real hey listen Ichan wants to be her stepdad yeah, i mean say that her not secret look, stepdad yeah 
But I mean, like, I mean, there is this very candid part of like your child needs you and your child. Misaki at no point. I don't I don't believe Misaki is the kind of character that would be like, oh, gross. My mom has a disability. Mm -hmm. Misaki just wants her mother because she loves her mother. Yeah, she loves her mother holistically. And it is it is a shame that things happen the way they did. And that Shuko. Yeah. Shuko, Gosh. yes. It is hard because her sister Shoko and Shuko's, yes. <laughs> Shuko's girlfriend friend is definitely named Yuko, which I'm just like, God. By the way, please. don't get too uh, attached to that because Yuko is is married to... No. Well, she's, she's married to um, Shuji, the other, like, one of the other Angelic Lair staffers. Did, yeah. did they run out of names that didn't have Shu as the first part? I swear, this is very naming hard. conventions in Japan are so different from naming ca- uh, they, uh, they conventions are. in America because like, in English, it's like, don't give your characters similar sounding names. But in anime and manga, there's always characters with similar sounding names. And I should, I should know better because Lord knows I would have classrooms of like five dice gays. <laughs> And I, I had um I had a class with a Yuna and a Yuna. Yeah, yeah, and there's that slight difference. There's that slight difference. But yeah, it I actually will say overall, I actually liked that they kind of had a messy view of like Shugo struggling with am I a good parent because like I've abandoned my child. Right. But it doesn't Am I a good parent because I'm disabled? It, it doesn't make it feel like a, a message anime where it's like she can be, you know, she's going to pull through and she's going to be a good mother. And we're going to show all the viewers that disabled people can be good parents. Like, it is an internal struggle yeah. for her. And I do have, like, I do feel like it's kind of mixed mixed bag a little bit with the representation. And, like, once yeah. again, mm-hmm. people who are actually, like, have lived experience and not, like, just nope people um, with dealing with these things. Um, because, like she does like it is like a general genuinely debilitating illness in addition to her um lack of mobility it like her energy levels are really low she gets tired really easily um and that's true and she gets ill when she overstretches herself which is nowhere near most people's capacity um i also but i also feel like people are like a little bit um paternalistic about it like they're always scolding her for doing too much. Um, yeah, they're very, they're very patronizing mm-hmm. to her in a strange way that I wasn't super yeah. into. Like we never see her moving herself in her wheelchair. We only see people yeah. pushing her, which I know yeah. is a big no-no. Right, right, because that would be equivalent to grabbing someone's legs and forcing them to walk. It, it, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not cool. <laughs> it's not cool. Yeah. Um, I have to say, coupled with, because like Shugo clearly has an anxiety disorder. Yeah, she she's um, she gets really anxious over everything with Misaki. I like I I will say I felt for her. My only qualm was y'all. She dropped an "I have a dream" speech line, and it laid me out <laughs> on the floor for a moment. <laughs> Oh, her whole like everyone who suffers like yeah. me could walk mm-hmm. again. Yeah, yeah. That, she, she was like, "I have a dream." That one day, soon will come when not just me, but everyone who is suffering like me. And I was like, nope, Shuko, nope, no, 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 drop the ball there. Shuko, no, 
Yeah, it's it's messy. I I think my thing with this, I feel like the show itself is trying really hard not to be super ableist, and so like I will give them some props for that. And again, yeah. like the focus on accessibility and the other characters telling Shuko, "Hey, it's okay to go see your daughter. Like you can do that." Mm-hmm. Um, I but but because all that is it's it's a weird double edged sword because all of that is in there. I have a really hard time. It starts to feel like instead of it being a legitimate character conflict for Shuko, it starts to just feel like conflict generated for the sake of conflict. Right. Like, like when she agrees to, when she agrees to go over and to see Misaki and she she uh, she walks into the house because she she brings her crutches with her. She walks in, peeks around the corner, and then leaves again and goes, Technically I saw her. Y'all, I almost threw my controller at the TV. <laughs> it was I was like, boo <laughs> I got so angry when she said that because I was like, Shuko, girl, sis, come on. Like, because it, it felt like the plot was just like, no, not yet. It's yeah, it not felt sad like, enough. It felt like the anime, the anime, it was, it was, it wasn't, uh, what's the word, organic within the mm-hmm. story. It just felt like the anime directors going, we haven't reached that climax yet, folks. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I couldn't figure out, like, from a character perspective, it did not make sense to me at that point why she wouldn't be willing to see Misaki. And they kind of try to give her a reason that, like, I want her to see me, like, at my workplace. Like, that's how I want her to to meet me is, like, to see all the work I've been doing and why I haven't been around. Um, And then she makes some comment about wanting to be her daughter's rival, which I find kind of weird. Uh, um, (laughs) Yeah. I just, and maybe it's because, you know, like, in the realm of, like, sports anime and stuff, you're typically not there's aren't a lot of sports where you're going to end up being an actual rival with a parent like typically they would step into more like a mentor role yeah or Um, in case of Hanebato um a terrible person sure yeah I mean they could be like uh antagonistic or but you know what I mean like it's not like you'll be directly competing Mm -hmm. against them right and the I, I guess the idea of a parent being like you better strive harder to be as good as me is that's more battle shonen it's yeah, it, yeah it's just it's just a it's a it i would have much it's rather a relationship dynamic that, that i don't find super comfortable when it's your mm-hmm. parent yeah. i guess like i feel like that's not the role that a supportive parent should be in but well, and especially when a large part of your tension comes from the fact that like they have this relationship that hasn't been able to really materialize through like most of Misaki's life so it's strange that she's like no rather than being the parent to my child I want to fight him yeah well and <laughs> the other thing that really bugs me about it is it's completely one-sided because Misaki has no damn yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Mi- Misaki is very in the Misaki I don't even think Misaki understands that her mother is severely no Ill. she has no she thinks her mom's yeah, she working she just thinks she's busy with work yeah, and yeah. W- which is so heartbreaking to me that like all she, her her in her mind her mother just hasn't seen her for the past seven years because work is more important and that's like soul shattering yeah and i yeah. so and i really i really wanted her to i really wanted them to have this big during the downtime before the national tournament i really wanted her mom to come clean with her and be like hey here's what's going on um i'm all and like tell her like i'm in angelic lair like i'll see you on the i'll see you in the ring this is what i've been doing because i think that could have been i think that would have been a really good kind of motivational point for misaki in the second half of the series as well it would have been so good um is that idea of like 
now I know what my mom's been doing. We share an interest. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I want to, you know, I want to win so that we can battle against each other and like meet on, meet on this field. That's so important to the two of us. And like they could, we could actually see them having a relationship and building that because at this point, I'm pretty sure they're not going to meet until like the second to last episode or something. And we're not going to get to see like, how do you build a relationship after not seeing your daughter for like seven years? I have to say like at this point, that's actually one of the things I'm, really really anxious about is how are they going to form this relationship in the next seven episodes if Mm -hmm. Shuko is determined not to see Misaki until the end even though like real talk how did Misaki not know that that was her mother sitting in the chair when they like introduced the champion I mean she had the mask on the champion who was named Shu she hadn't seen her she had a mask on but the mask didn't hide her mother's hair it's it's yeah. anime, anime. <laughs> yes 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 but like i mean i don't know how they're gonna have this touching moment that i wish that they could have if there's just been no contact between them until like the last arc maybe even the last few episodes i don't know how this is gonna play out yeah that was that was my big frustration point with the party episode. Um, as much as much, if not more than the the weird shipping stuff between yeah. uh, Hatako and Misaki, was I was like, this would have been a really good point for you guys to have like a mini climax and then build to the two of them like yeah. getting to know each other. And we we don't get that. It's a lot of uh, dramatic irony of Misaki doesn't know what's happening, but her mom does. And at the end, at the very end, she's going to be rewarded by getting to meet her mom. And I'm like, Misaki shouldn't have to win a tournament to get to right. meet her mm-hmm. mom. Like she that shouldn't doesn't have fair. To, she shouldn't have to literally fight for, you know, to have this relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. It's mm. yeah. Yeah. It bothered it. It, that aspect of it, like, the stuff with her background in that first episode, I was like, okay, this is pretty interesting. And they could go some places with it. Like there's, there's definitely an mm-hmm. attempted nuance here. Um, like I said, as far as like balancing out like internalized ableism with accessibility with like all that. Yeah. Um, but then the, they just keep, Oh, they just keep dragging it yeah. out. So um, I will like, I'll, I'll give you guys a peek uh, down the future. There is emotional fallout from all of this. Um, okay. Not like the mom. Okay. That's good because I kind of resigned myself to that not happening. Um, so that's it, good to know. It's not like okay. in the manga where it's like Misaki's like, oh, she thought I was too cute, so she couldn't see me. Okay. Yeah, because that that whole excuse in the manga, I'm well, still angry about that. That, that, that excuse, <laughs> and also just how chill Misaki was about it. Yeah, Misaki, mm-hmm. who hasn't seen her mother for almost a decade in the manga, is just like. Oh, hey, mom. How's it going? Child, you have not seen your parent. In a... You should be a little upset about this. <laughs> like, like, a little bit. Because, yeah, like, cause like, the one thing that keeps hitting me is, like, Misaki is, what, she's 12? She hasn't seen her mother for literally two times, 2.5 times as long as she's been alive. Like, I mean, she probably doesn't really remember her at this point, you know? Right. She just knows that my mother's name is Shuko. And she works in Tokyo. And it's just, yeah. Speaking, I guess, speaking on disabilities and chronic illness, Sai's sister was a a really interesting addition. Oh, yes, sad, dead Emoto. Mm -hmm. And by interesting, I mean that trope I do not like. Okay, I just finished watching (laughs) Angel Beats, which also has that trope. Oh, it does. (laughs) It super does. (laughs) 
It's something about, something about shows with angel in the title, man. I mean, well, because they're in the uh, arms of an angel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cue the Sarah McLaughlin coming in hard. Yeah, because, like, I have to say, Shirahime as an angel, my favorite Great design. design. The coolest design. Really good design, yeah. Takes off that coat, it thuds on the ground, and she And she is hard. big, and I like she their, is intimidating, I, and... Mm-hmm. I liked I liked their fight on the I I really liked the 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 fight they had on the beach I called it the beach episode and then yeah. chuckled to myself. There's another beach uh, episode. Um, I, yeah, I will say that threw me off because in the manga I do believe they fight on ice, which is suitable for Shirahime because she's got like is, snow. Yeah. And but like when they went to the beach, I was like, wait, what? Okay, <laughs> beach episode, awesome. Um, yeah. it's it's real good. Yeah, I liked the fight a lot. Um, I agree with you. the The tragic dead sibling trope is kind of overused, and it's 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 sort of just fridging for pain. Um, what I did like about that arc, though, is that they kind of used Sai, I think, to talk a little bit about like masculine coded like behaviors mm-hmm. in the way that because she is like like of our main cast, like even including the boys, she's probably the most like traditionally masculine as far as her kind of characteristics go. And so the way that she's like, she promises, she thinks that being strong is like never crying or showing emotion. And she lies about like why she's actually doing this to people um, uh, about like why she's, you know, playing Angelic Lair and just talks about, oh, I just want to get strong. That's all. I just want to get strong. Um, And then she has that, they have that really good moment with Kaede where Kaede kind of, she talks about how like, I always knew you were strong, Kaede, because you're always smiling. And Kayade tells her, well, strength is also like being able to cry when you need to and knowing that it's okay not to hold back. Um, and I thought that that focus on like emotional honesty and, you know, it's, it doesn't make you weak to cry when you need to. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. I liked that the way they ended that arc with yeah. Sai. I mean, and I have to say a lot of this anime is fueled by female emotions. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like that. Because there are very few times where they are thrown, where female emotions are viewed as bad. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I think because the nature of the anime is is most of your cast is female. There's only really three notable men, and so it's 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 really nice to see like to have a character whose whole identity is femininity say it's all right to feel. It's natural. We all get upset when we lose. We all get upset when our drive goes away, and it's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. Like that was extremely touching to me, and it's a shame that Sai no homos it so soon <laughs> after. <laughs> just, yeah. just no homos it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was actually a really quite good like opening half of this arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think the way the show kind of um, encourages sort of you know behaviors that are traditionally considered feminine. Um, I mean, Misaki's whole thing is that she's quite empathetic and observant you know we've talked about that in past episodes too and that is a strength of her like she's her we find out that the the strength the weakness of hikaru is that because she's so small she can't she's not like a heavy hitter um and but misaki like through observation and knowing the layout of the terrain and thinking about like what are her strengths she's able to come up with a solution to defeat Sai, and so I like that they keep which, kind of playing with that. Which her solution is straight up to just sink Shuri. <laughs> <laughs> like he, Misaki sees the problem, she's like, "I'm gonna drown this doll." 
burial at sea. <laughs> like that's straight up just what she does, and it yeah. it even it even zooms in on Sherry May's like dead eyed face, and I she love just sinks. Shot so much. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. Um, it's very good. It's very good. It's very funny. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, Misaki's biggest strength is her empathy, mm-hmm. right? It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah. And sometimes I, one thing I did, I have a little note in, in my personal notes that um, we didn't, I didn't include in the show notes proper, um, but kind of on that same front, I think every so often Misaki's empathy gets challenged a little bit just in terms of like, Misaki definitely has this idea of like, all pain is bad pain. And so mm-hmm. she has that, she has that in that, the very first episode with uh, where she's fighting Kaede. And she talks about like the only way to go into hyper mode is, you know, they have to get hurt down to like 50% or something like that. And Hikaru talks about like, don't you feel bad about Blanche suffering? And Kaede's like, well, sometimes pain is like desired pain. Like, you know, when you're exercising mm-hmm. and your muscles hurt, but you push through it because at the end of the day, like you'll be right. stronger from it. And so Kaede kind of teaches her like, like your empathy is good and it is important to be aware of when people are in pain, but being in pain isn't always inherently a terrible thing. Like I'm not hurting her by also, doing this kind of right. thing. they're inanimate objects. Well, yeah. Well, Kate, Caitlin, are they though? Are you sure these angels don't have souls? Because I feel like the show is, is leaning into that a little bit. I, please, please. Are don't. you a hundred percent sure they don't please, have souls? Please don't make me start considering if they have souls. That's going to open the up full, way too many plot they have threads the for me. Of forsaken Ghosts in shells. Stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, it's a haunted doll watch. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, since, since we're fe- since we're feeling a little goofy and silly yeah. right now, Sorry. I gotta say shout out to my girl Subasa McKenzie, <laughs> who was a part of this arc that I completely forgot until I looked at my notes. She was one of the anime original characters, and that name Subasa McKenzie just really did. That's it a for really me. good name. That is. It's a real it good is. name. It's a real good name. Wings McKenzie feels yeah. like a feels like a, a fighter pilot. In an, in oh an my old god! Movie. And her <sighs> angel, her angel was named Eagle. Though I didn't get the wing reference at all. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god! Oh my very, god! Very good. It's quality, it but is. it's also a very forgettable episode, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I, I don't really know what happened. I guess because we had two anime original girls. We had Tsubasa McKenzie and we had Chitose. Yes, the tall girl. Who's who, very, very tall. Yeah, I did want to talk about tall girl a little bit because I think um, while, again, she's kind of a one-off character, I don't expect there to be a lot with her. Um, I do like how the show kind of addressed Misaki's being convinced that being small is always a bad thing and mm-hmm. Chitose kind of pointing out, well, like, Actually, from a perspective of, you know, femininity, like being small and cute is are considered positives. And um, and from my perspective, being tall means that I get mocked by boys for being so much bigger than they are. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I like I like that this this is a weird comparison to make. But uh, Smile Down the Runway does this a little bit. Yeah. as well. I was just thinking about Smile Down it, the Runway, though. <laughs> it, it touches on it touches on this idea of and I mean, we've talked before about how like there are still like traditionally attractive characters. So it's not going as hard into this as it could. But I think it kind of touches on that idea of like impossible body standards for women and girls where like if you're small, then people make fun of you for being small. And if you're tall, then they make fun of you for being tall and you can't win. Um and I, I liked that they that they touched on that a little bit, and Misaki kind of had to rethink, like, oh, well, I guess there's some 
benefits and downsides to like regardless yeah. of what your height is yeah. um yeah chitose yeah. tall girl actually inspire is like what kind of got me thinking about angelic Lair, like from a critical standpoint it's like you know there's actually a lot to dig in dig into here so it's it's really thanks to her yeah. that we're all here today um, thank <laughs> yeah. You. yeah i mean i i will say i will say there's a lot of like the anime has a lot of content to really just dig right on into and it's mm-hmm. quite good thankfully it's mostly good it's mostly good there's but even but yeah the first again with that first stretch of six i was worried we'd be able to fill an hour every week and with this stretch like while there was definitely stuff in here that maybe pissed me off more than the first stretch um there's there's plenty to talk about like there's there's a lot more to chew on than i was expecting so um, for better and for worse you know so i appreciate that yeah we really pretty much that's pretty much the entire this arc isn't it like we talked about tall girl Mm-hmm. We talked about moms. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we talked. We talked about how much we hate Hatoko X like Misaki. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think the only point I I keep making a note about this. I made a note about it last time too, and we never quite get to it. Um, how do you guys feel about the fact that they really keep harping on this idea that like Misaki and her mom are the same person, and that's why Misaki is so yeah. good at the angelic layer is because even though she and her mom haven't seen each other in seven years, she's just Nature like her somehow. Nurture. I don't like it. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah, it's it's enough of a background element that it's not really bothered me, but anytime Ichan talks about like, oh yeah, they're they're so much alike. I'm like, first of all, I don't really think they are. Yeah. Um I mean, I think there's some similarities. I think they're both a little bit anxious about like how others perceive them. Um and they both well, I honestly I don't know if Shuko's super empathetic or not. I mean Misaki definitely is. Yeah. Um, I don't see them as being that similar. No. They definitely both enjoy Angelic Lair, which is cool. Um, so and I don't know if I'm supposed to take that comment as like gospel truth or just like the way Ichan sees it from his perspective kind well, of thing. And it's interesting because like the only thing that really links them is the coincidence that Misaki happened to see Angelic Lair on like while making it to her aunt's house. Otherwise, there's really not a lot that connects them other than mm-hmm. like they're blood related. So it, yeah. it feels much more like Ichan's perspective because he has insider information on like how Shuko actually acts. Yeah. And he's madly in love with Shuko. So I'm sure that plays into he is so thirsty. (laughs) Yeah. I hope they I kind of hope they hold hands at some point. Like I've come around on Ichan uh, since the early episodes and flashback episodes all like big eyed and innocent. He was so sweet. Well, I think knowing the kind of work he was doing as far as, like, accessibility technology and stuff, like, helps endear me to him a lot. Like, he's not just a weirdo uh, who, for some reason, carries Octopi around yeah. and harasses his coworker, who turns out Ogata sucks yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel less bad for him now. I think Ogata, Ogata threw out the but she's a girl line at some point during this arc, and I was like, oh, Octopus yeah. down the pants for sure. <laughs> and, um... Like, that's the only punishment. Uh, what's her name? The the younger girl, the younger Angelic Lair uh, tech. The part where Ogata accidentally copped a feel, but then instead of just being like, "Hey, I'm sorry," he was like, "Oh, but you're so soft." Yeah. And I was like, "Really, dude?" Yeah, yeah. I want. I want to. Octopus like, down the pants. I want to say in the dub, he was like, "Oh, there's a little, there's a little something here," and I was like, "Ah, oh, Ogata, why, why, two octopi, <laughs> two." <laughs> two. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't even remember how we got to that. I mean, I don't. Oh, talking about like the nature versus nurture and yeah. the idea of like of like Misaki being super special because of like her DNA. I guess it, that it, that it always denies. that never quite sits right with me in any yeah. kind of media. Right. So because um, well, it, it denies the actual hard work that Misaki has put in. Like she was very lucky at the beginning, but she's also worked quite hard to get mm-hmm. to where she is. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's passionate about it, and it has yeah. it literally has nothing to do with her mom at this point because no. she doesn't know her mom is involved right. with Angelic Lair, and she doesn't. She unlike us doesn't know that if she wins, she gets to meet her mother. Mm-hmm. Like she has no clue, so there's no motivation other than I have something I'm finally passionate about. Yeah, it's and I not like. like some yeah destiny, some grand destiny thing. It's just Misaki found a hobby that she's really be. good at and enjoys. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I yeah. want I want it to just be that, and so every time they make those references, I'm like, ugh, why can't this just be Misaki's thing? Why does this have to like be right. tied to her her DNA? I guess so. Um, but you know, uh, I mean, as I, long as as long as they don't, I'm, as long as the last arc doesn't like really harp on that, it won't be a deal yeah. breaker or anything. It's just something I kept meaning to mention because uh, again, like Ichan and the other scientists keep bringing it up. Uh, Odiro, I think, makes some comments about it as well. Um, so mm-hmm. I wanted to see how y'all felt about that. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like I, we're all on about the, the same page. I was going to say we all not have a the show same. ruiner, but yeah. especially since this show is so much into like through angelic layer, you can be whoever you want to be, and then it's like, um, especially if you have yeah. the genes of champion that make you super special and good at angelic layer. Which, I mean, thankfully, we've seen Misaki, you know, fall in love with this on her own. So right. it doesn't necessarily feel that way. It's just the fact that they keep bringing it up is kind of obnoxious. Yeah, I was gonna, anyway. I was going to say, if we hadn't seen her actually come to like Angelic Lair, it wouldn't have so, like, surely divorced that, no, this is her thing. It's a coincidence that it's also her mother's. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Hopefully they'll actually meet next time Gosh. and they can and they can bond over their love of Angelic Lair. I... I have so much anxiety about like that meeting and like I keep reminding myself a this anime is 19 years old b they're not real but like my heart fully invested (laughs) fully invested I I am rooting for Misaki I hope it works Mm -hmm. out okay I am too do we want to just kind of head into the Caitlin were there any we, we keep forgetting to ask you this question I was looking at the show notes just now um we're supposed to ask the the veteran on the on the recording were there any surprises for you uh from our conversation today um not really <laughs> i we're no, predictable um, i'm so so but now i ask of you and i was supposed to ask this at the beginning of the podcast but we really just kind of jumped straight in um was there anything about the stretch that really surprised we had to. you guys size backstory did because like I mean that that's anime original and I just wasn't sure what they were gonna do. Um, it was a good and a mild surprise, but that that actually that and like the Shuko character development really surprised me, and I would say largely good ways. Mm-hmm. I was yeah the I knew we were gonna get it. I figured at some point we were gonna get into Shuko's whole thing, and I. I kind of suspected that it would be related to um, the fact mm-hmm. that she was disabled. Mm, excuse me, was disabled. Um, I was, I, I think in some ways I was pleasantly surprised that it was not more ableist because I thought it was mm. going to go like really hard into like, look at this poor suffering woman. Um, 
deprived of her daughter and the way they played it was a lot more again kind of about shuko having hang-ups than like mm-hmm. yeah. everybody around her having hang-ups so i thought i thought the way they played it was a lot more interesting i thought the focus on uh like you know prosthetics and like these neural devices was was really interesting so i was relieved that it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. uh the mm-hmm. other thing that surprised me was the shipping between the five-year-old and the 12-year-old you know, inexplicably uh, inexplicably i forgot about that until you just said it <laughs> you wiped and it from your brain the rage um, yeah. the rage coursing through my veins I thought I thought the series was setting them up more to be like rival characters, so I thought she and Hatoko would meet again. Yeah. I didn't think Sai was going to beat her. I thought she'd meet her again. I thought I thought that would be a bigger climax in the second yeah. half with the two of them like fighting I, each other. Yeah, I wanted um, like an Ash and Gary Oak kind of thing. And you know, <laughs> as I'm saying that, I'm realizing that people ship Ash and Gary Oak I, pretty hard, so maybe that's not a good I like. <laughs> They became very shippable by the end of Johto was the thing. This isn't a Pokemon yeah, podcast. No, don't get stop. me started on Pokemon. <laughs> this is the rule, I can't, I can't. This is the rule podcast. Don't get me started on Pokemon. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I almost I almost um, set it up. I, I... No, I, I I actually really liked that they had Sai defeating Hadoko. It was unexpected. Um, and it, yeah. Yeah. No, that was a good twist. Um, I liked that. Um, but I just, it did, it, the problem was that it, it turned into Hatoko yeah. and Misaki having this like partner dynamic, mm-hmm. which they could have, they could have played it more as them being like, like a, mm-hmm. like a little sibling dynamic. Cause Misaki yeah. doesn't have a family. Right. So, right. I mean, she, she has a family, she has her aunt, but like, and she has like her grandparents, but she doesn't have any siblings. So I think they could have played their relationship up as like, you know, maybe Hatoko liking having an older sister type character and Misaki right. liking having a little sister because we have, we have these sibling dynamics throughout the story. Right. And um, instead they and did instead, not do that. No. So, uh, yeah, I was, there was, there were definitely quite a few surprises this stretch. I would say it, it kept me on my toes. So. Um, all right. And do you have any predictions? Ichan and Shuko are gonna hold hands. <laughs> They're gonna hold so <laughs> many hands. hands. Otherwise, so I'm going to turn into a withered husk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, what I'm anticipating, because I did remember partway through how, like, Misaki meeting her mother goes, I'm hoping that what the anime does is that there's actually a little bit of tension with Misaki kind of having to cope with this is the first time seeing her mother in seven years. Yeah, I would really like them to spend some time with Misaki being upset or surprised or, like, yeah, having to process Mm -hmm. that and then Shuko, and then maybe, and, you know, Shuko having to process that as well and realizing, like, oh, I kind of fucked up here, didn't I? Yeah. Um, I think that would, I think that would make it a lot more interesting than just being like, surprise, (laughs) it's me, your mom! Yay, mom! Yeah. I want want to see that tension that realistically would happen if you hadn't seen your child for X amount of years. I would, and I, I really hope that they do it closer not too close to the end because i think seeing the two of them figure out how to have a relationship going forward would be really good and important to kind of the emotional Mm -hmm. buildup of this Mm -hmm. story um and i'm not i'm not super duper optimistic about that but you know if we get a little something there um i would be i think i will consider this this a pretty successful watch along all things considered just a tidbit yeah i'll take a tidbit please (laughs) all right well i will Play us out. Play us out. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Chatty AF. Next week, we will be finishing up the series, or, well, next whenever, we'll be finishing up the series. 
Um, and so if you uh, you can visit us on Twitter on uh, twitter.com slash animefeminist. You can visit us on Tumblr at, tum- at animefeminist.tumblr.com on Facebook uh, at animefem. And if you really liked it, please consider throwing some money our way. We rely on donations to fund the site. We pay all of our contributors. Uh, we are trying to pay to have ongoing transcripts of the podcast now instead of having fundraisers where we go oh shit oh shit oh shit we need more money for transcripts (laughs) hopefully by the time this episode goes live because we're recording this uh a fair ways Mm -hmm. back from when it will go live hopefully by the time this episode goes live we will have made that goal yeah but there's always other stuff we want to do you know we want to expand into manga reviews light novel reviews we'd love to be able to do that so every dollar helps people to Go to conventions yeah. and have panels. Conventions. And- yeah, for sure. And and I, I would like to chime in that like this is a hard time for all of us globally, but don't be ashamed of being able to oh, only give the a dollar. Dollar donations are dollars add up. Um yeah. yeah. Dollars super add up. Mm-hmm. They add up and they are just as meaningful as they any really other are. Amount. Um absolutely. So if you would like to support us, you can support us at patreon.com slash anime feminist. Uh, we also recently, as of this recording, set up a, a coffee uh, account, which, what is the URL for that? Co-fee. So it's the coffee website. So co- I pronounce it Ko-fi. It's ko-fi.com backslash anime feminist. Um, thanks for listening, yep. uh, everyone. And uh, angelic fight. Angelic fight.